Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you're here with us today. This podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, I say this at the beginning of pretty much every episode, but if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. There's been so many great guests on the show already, so many amazing upcoming guests, so make sure that you stay in the know and hit that subscribe button. And to those who have reached out to me about the show over the past couple of weeks, just want to say thank you so much. I truly appreciate all of you and y'all taking time to share your thoughts and feedback. So that means a lot to me. All right, so today I've got a fantastic guest with us, someone who is currently playing in the NFL and has such great insights to share. So inside the huddle with us today and ready to share his perspectives and to help us move the ball is Tenzel Smart. Tenzel is an NFL defensive tackle who was drafted in the sixth round of the 2017 NFL draft by the Rams and currently plays for the New York Jets. Prior to the NFL, Tanzel played college football at Tulane, where during his college football career, he had 183 tackles, 40 and a half tackles for lost TFLs, nine and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. Tanzel, welcome to the show. How you doing? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you with us today. I know you've been training hard down in New Orleans in the offseason, and I saw you recently when you were training down there when I was in New Orleans, and I know you're excited for the season to get underway, as am I. So let's kick off our conversation talking about how football and the lessons from the game connect to success in life. In my Move the Ball book, I identify a number of strategies, principles and lessons that teach us how to be successful from my perspective, successful in not only business, but in life. But I want to hear from you. Talk to us about what lessons have football taught you to be successful? Football taught me how to be successful in many ways. Starting with high school, you still got your mom to wake you up. You got your mom to do this. You got your parents to do that. But in college, it taught me a lot of things like sense of urgency, being on time. I had to do my schoolwork. I had to study film. I had to do a lot of stuff. And that carries over to life. I have to pay bills now on time. If I don't pay bills on time, they cut my water off, they cut my cable off, they cut my lights off. So it's a bunch of like little things like that. I really appreciate God blessing me with football. Like it's a structure, a bunch of structure. And let's talk a little bit about how did you get into football? So I know you're from Baton Rouge. When was the first time you picked up a ball and played? Eight years old. Eight years old, I started playing in the break league in Baton Rouge. And what was it about football? Like why football? Why were you hooked on that sport? I don't know. I just I love contact. You know, I love running out to people, chasing them down, tackling them. I just love football in all the ways. Just the physicality. I've always been a physical guy. I've always been a fat kid growing up. So, you know, I had to play football. As I mentioned, when I read your bio, you've been training hard. In the offseason, you've been doing a lot of work with DJ Fitness there in New Orleans. And first off, I have to say that D. Joseph is awesome. I'm so glad that I got to see him too while I was in town. And I love all that he's doing to help people. I mean, he obviously trains athletes like yourself, but he's just so 
passionate. One of the things I really love about him is he just wants to help people be better. So big shout out to D Joseph and everything that he's doing down there. And so you've been training with him there in the off season. What are some of the things that you've been working on improving? This year, just my speed, agility, and DJ does a great job with that with different footwork drills and stuff like that. I've been working on tighter hands to get stronger. DJ has been doing a phenomenal job because every year I come back with something different to work on or something to get improved. He always helps, even when I'm far off in New Jersey. He's texting me constantly, what you need to do with this, what you need to do with that. I text him. He's a phenomenal person, phenomenal athlete. Well, athletic trainer. Yeah, and I think that's important to have somebody that is continually there. It's not just about when you show up to their gym to train. Like, they're your support system. They're there through and through to help make sure that you're holding your accountable, but just there to keep championing you and making sure that you're doing what you need to do to handle your business. Yes, ma'am. So let's talk about you playing college football at Tulane. And before we get into that, I'll just share, and I didn't tell you this before, but I was actually at Tulane while I was in New Orleans. So it was great to actually get to set foot in Yulman Stadium and get on the field and made me want to suit up and play some ball while I was there. But yeah, it's a great place. So let's talk about you playing college ball there, what was your experience at Tulane like? My experience at Tulane was great, man. Just like I said, it was a blessing being at Tulane. I didn't have many offers, well, high-ranked offers, but Tulane was one of my biggest ones, and they stuck with me the whole time. It was great. Tulane turned me to the man I am today. All the coaches always told me, you know, it's not a four-year degree, it's a 40-year degree, because it was bigger than football. But I went to the senior bowl, I went to the combine, I accomplished everything, you know, I prayed for. I'm in the NFL still. so. Tulane is determined to an amazing person. So let's unpack that a little bit more. Tell us about some of the things that the coaches might have said to you that have kind of really stuck with you and helped you in your growth and development. Just working on my craft, toning on my craft. That's a lot. A lot of the coaches, like Coach Drake, Coach Peoples, they was on me a lot. Because my freshman year, I've progressed every year. And honing in on my craft was a big thing. I had a trouble with my hands sometimes. Doing stuff, all the framework of my body, they always told me to hone in on my craft. So I'm still doing that to this day. Find little things to get better at. And we all need people that are going to push us like DJ that are going to drive that improvement on a daily basis. Were there any players that were on your team, any teammates that were really kind of those people for you to keep pushing and challenging you? Guys like Nico Marley, Quinlan Carroll, Lorenzo Dawes, Darian Monroe. A lot of those guys always push when you see Another guy make a play, you want to make one too. I didn't have winning and losing. We didn't have a good, really good record, but we had some fantastic guys on our team. We had some ballers as well. So all those guys motivated me to want to be great because they were great players. Sure. And it's not just about the wins and the losses. It's about the day-to-day and who pushes you, who you learn from, who you grow from, and the journey too, not just that game day experience. So let's talk about what was your most memorable game at Tulane and why was it your most memorable? My most memorable game was when we played ULL. That's my senior year and we had four overtime. That's why it was my most memorable game. I played 103 plays and I was just like physically exhausted. I caught cramps everywhere, but we won the game and it was crazy. It went four overtimes. I never did nothing like that in my life. 
So that was the craziest game, most memorable moment I ever had at Tulane. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And it's not just about the physicality. I mean, obviously, you have to have the physical endurance to continue to play for that amount of playing time. But there's also a mental component. And so how did you stay mentally locked in and your teammates stay mentally locked in to be able to get the win? I feel like we stayed mentally locked in by the scoreboard and the overtime. We really wanted to win the game. So just like you said, it's not all physical because I felt that after the game. The adrenaline pumping. I'm not feeling tired. But you're looking at the scoreboard, you want to win the game. And that, that's how we stayed in it. Gotcha. Football teaches so many things. There's lots of highs. There's also some lows. There's mistakes. There's fumbled balls. There's all kinds of things that don't go your way. Can you tell us about a time where things weren't necessarily going your way, but it was a learning experience? It was something that you learned and grew so much from because you went through it. A couple of games, I can't pick out one moment, but a couple of games that we had, you know, I didn't do too good. Myself, I didn't think I did too good. And you just had to hone in back on your techniques and the small details, like I told you, my D-line coaches always told me. It was a couple of those games. It wasn't all about the winning and the losing, but you had to look at yourself and how you could help the team. I'm like, well, you know, I could have helped in this way. I could help in that way and things like that. There's a mental component of that, being able to bounce back and assess where you might have gone wrong or where you could have improved. But as a person, as human beings, we are emotional too, right? We get frustrated. We get angry. We get upset about things when they don't go our way. Like, how do you, when you have a game where you don't think you performed at your best, how do you kind of regroup and then refocus so that you can continue to focus on that next game on getting better? I'm a big spiritual person. So I I look at God with everything. I start off with that. I pray. And then after I pray, just hone in on, on the stuff I thought I did wrong. You know, mentally, sports are drained, as everybody know. And it can mess you up in the head pretty good. So just like I said, I'm a big spiritual person. So I have a talk with God. I have a talk with my wife. My wife now, she was my girlfriend, fiance at the time. I just have the talks with God. I have the talks with my wife. And that's my happy place, so to say. That's that's my happy place. And you got to look at people you love. When something mentally going on in your head, you have to find people you really love and somebody could take you in the corner, give you a nice hug. All right, get back in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely need those people that are our support system to help us just to show compassion, to make us feel like it's okay. And let's get back after it. So what is it about you, Tanzel, that makes you elite at your position? I mean, you mentioned earlier you got invited to play in the Senior Bowl. You participated in the Combine, which was a lot of guys that don't get that opportunity. And in your college career, you were a four-year letterman. You played in 48 games and you had 36 consecutive starts at the defensive tackle position. So what is it about you that makes you elite? I feel like what makes me elite is my work ethic because I work really, really, really hard. And I wasn't strong strongest. I'm not the fastest, but I, I would not let nobody outwork me. And a lot of guys say they won't let nobody outwork them, but that's me right there. I don't know what the next guy is doing, but I know I'm working, working hard. Just honing in on my crap as well. I'm going to stay out there until I get it right, until I feel like I got it right. And that's what I feel like that separates me. Yeah, so working hard, it also includes the routine that you set for yourself and making sure you're setting yourself up for daily success. So talk to us about what does your routine look like currently? Currently, so on a Monday, I wake up, I box with my boxing training out here in New Orleans, 7 or 8 o'clock. And after that, for 9.30, I go to Deep Joe. And on Tuesdays, I wake up at 6.45. We go run at the field with Deep Joe at 7.30. Then I hit DJ again at 9.30 and I hop on the Peloton every day. I'm addicted to it. 
because my freshman year, I was 340. I'm a big cardio guy, and I like to be in shape by still maintaining my weight. Wednesdays the same as Mondays, and Thursdays the same as Tuesdays. And Friday, I box, then I go lift, at, lift and run at DJ, and that's a week right there. And Saturdays, every now and then, I'll get a, a nice workout as well. You keep very busy with your workout, which is obviously important as an athlete. You have to be physically in shape. But let's talk about diet as well. And I know that you're a foodie guy and we're going to talk about some of the stuff you're doing on the food side later. But how important is the nutritional aspect of your training? It is important, man, because what you put in your body fuels you. And I feel like it's real important. And me, I try to stay away from a lot of fried foods, a lot of sugars, make sure I have my carbs on point. Every meal I have vegetables. And I'm a big protein guy, so I like a lot of protein, but I'm a firm believer in what you put in your body. Like they always say, you can't put regular gas in a Corvette in and expect it to go fast. Absolutely. I like that analogy because as someone who is a performance car person myself, absolutely. I mean, you have to put the higher octane gas in those performance cars. And if you want to be a higher performing athlete or a higher performing individual off the field, what you put in your body as fuel is absolutely important because what you put in affects what the outcomes that you'll have. So before we leave Tulane, I want to come back there real quickly because there's definitely been some, as I was at Tulane just a couple of weeks ago, I was walking down the hallway where it talks about all the NFL guys. And there's a nice picture of running back Matt Forte, who played for my Chicago Bears, which was awesome to see him there. And he obviously had a great NFL career. And you've got Darnell Mooney, who is a wide receiver with the Bears right now. So I'm really excited to see him suit up here this season. But when you look at guys like Matt Forte or Darnell Mooney or Cairo Santos is also having a great NFL season so far, like when you look at those guys, what is it about them in your mind that makes them great athletes? Guys like Matt Forte, I was not with him. So I can't say a lot, but he was a dog. But Mooney, I saw Mooney put work in day in and day out. You know, I'm a little older than him, but I already knew he was fast. You know, I knew he was going to run a good time at the combine. What he did this year, it wasn't a surprise. And guys like that motivate me. You know, I've been in the league going on five years, and Mooney has shine. That motivated me, you know, want to for want me to shine. Cairo, I saw him put in work in day in and day out because actually Cairo was at the Rams for a bit with me like a couple of weeks because you know he fought with some injuries because he was at Casey at first he fought some injuries and he went here and went there similar to the situation I was in last year and look he blew up again so guys like that are great because I saw him put the work in day in and day out but all of them they motivate me as well it's good yeah I think it's important you talked about the hard work and the work ethic and you you don't always have to be the fastest strongest smartest person but if you put in the work, then the results are going to show for themselves. And they talk about how success is really about hard work and talent, not just talent alone. So you don't have to be the most talented person. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is for folks that are listening, that are maybe looking at themselves in the corporate career too. Like you don't necessarily have to be the person that knows everything, but if you work hard and you bring value because you've been working hard to perfect your craft, whatever that is, that's going to lead to success as well. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yes, ma'am. So let's transition and talk about you playing in the National Football League. So I mentioned you were drafted sixth round to the Rams. Let's talk about your rookie year. Like, what was that rookie year like for you? Had four starts, 13 tackles. Talk to us about that experience. Oh, that rookie year was amazing. It was a blessing that I didn't hit the rookie wall, which is that's popular in the NFL. But that rookie year taught me a lot. I played with some fantastic guys from 
Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn, Michael Brockers, Connor Ball. And I played with some dogs and it was a blessing that I got to start four games with those guys. I learned so much my rookie year and I'm happy I landed in the spot I landed in. And so what were some of those things that you learned that year? Being patient, like I said, like, it's crazy, like from college, like AD and Brock, like, man, hone in on your craft. I learned some stuff from AD watching film on how old linemen, you see their hand, you see if they're a low hand guy, you see if they're a high hand guy. I never heard stuff like the terms like that before. If you, you have a low hand guy, you chop club, different stuff like that in the run game, where the ball's going, Brock is real good with that. So I learned so much from those guys. And you mentioned that you're going into your fifth season. And so you know this already, but that's past the average NFL career, which is currently at about two years. So as you look back on just your journey so far, what kind of advice would you give to guys that are just starting off in the league or that are college athletes that are trying to get to the league about how to be successful once they get to the NFL? The biggest advice I have on once you get to the NFL, man, work. This is me. You have bad plays, but don't have bad days. Because like a guy like myself being a six rounder, you don't have time to have bad days. That's just the truth of the matter, how the business is. And don't take nothing personal. Take coaching right and just go out there and bust your tail, man. Because people watch. If this team don't want you, somebody else will. Well, I like that you said you can have bad plays, but don't have bad days. And I think that's important for everybody, not just whether you're a professional athlete, because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have things that don't go your way. You're going to drop the ball, forget to do a task, whatever it is. And you can't let that just ruin the rest of the day. You got to keep moving, got to keep pushing forward. And so I really like that. So are there any other guys? I know you mentioned a few with the Rams. Are there any veterans that you really have kind of hooked up with to really serve as mentors, if you will, to continue to help you to be successful? I'm with the Jets now, and I'm actually like a year older than these guys, but like these guys like John Franklin Myers, Foley Fodukowski, like guys like that, I really look up to them because they're playing at a real high level right now. And those guys have taught me so much as well. And actually, John Franklin Myers was at the Rams with me when I came in and he's at the Jets now as well. And those guys are playing at a real high level and I like how they go about their business and stuff like that. So I'm excited to go to camp and just have a brotherhood and a bond with those guys and just get better with those guys. Sure. And you're going in your second season with the Jets. What is the thing that you're most excited about going into year five for you? Just to play again. I'm excited just to play. And it's a blessing to get another year. Just like you say, the average year span of an NFL athlete is two years. And year five, it's, it's crazy. I've had a, a nice road, a long road ahead behind me, but I'm stepping over all the hurdles, feeding the odds or whatever. So you know, I'm just excited. Just like I said, I like some context, so I'm ready to hit some pads. There you go. And so what has been your most memorable game playing in the NFL so far? I think my most memorable game was when I played in London against Arizona. I had a really good game and we was in London. So I, that was my most memorable game. But we went to the Super Bowl, and the one, I know a lot of people not going to like this, but the one when Greg Zerline hit the field goal to beat the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, that was a memorable game as well. So, you know, I had a bunch of them with the run. And so let's talk about going to the Super Bowl for a minute. Like, obviously, there's the physical training for that, the physical performance. But again, going back to the mental side, do you train differently for the Super Bowl at all in terms of your routine or things that you guys do as a team? Or what's that like? Before you go to the Super Bowl, and I feel like, you know, they taper down practice just a tad bit. Still have to work hard, and really, routine doesn't change. Just got, what, like three or four more games than everyone else? But, you know, you got to stay rock. You got to stay strong. You got to stay healthy. 
and you got to stay in the classroom because you know, it's hard to get to the Super Bowl. Sure. And when you look at the coaching staff of the Rams, like what is it about that coaching staff that made them so great? I mean, obviously there's talent on the team that got you through the season and to the Super Bowl. But what was it about the coaching staff that in your mind made them a great staff? I mean, you had amazing coaching staff over there with those guys like Sean McVay, you know, no lie. He's a whiz from all now from him to everybody else. You know, they was it was a laid back coaching staff. You know, I really feel like it was a player's team. They listened to the players and see what we wanted. That's why I feel like everybody had a nice bond to get there to the Super Bowl. And because the coaching staff was amazing. You know, everybody was smart on their tasks and they conversated with the players and see what went wrong. Something went wrong in the game. Like, look, no, snow's yelling and screaming on the sideline. Like, look, let's get this fixed. And that's why I think we went to that level. Sure. And the reason I asked that question is obviously it's important to have great coaching, both in football, but just in life and have leaders that really help to enable and empower the team to be successful. And by doing exactly what you're listening to the players, right, and it being more of a collaborative environment, that's definitely a way to help propel teams forward and enable future success. So part of Move the Ball is it's not just about what you do in your career. It's also what you do to make an impact in the lives of others. And I know you do a number of things to make that impact. For example, so a couple of weeks ago, you were uh, helping out Donnie Lewis and Coach La Allen. Donnie plays for the Bengals and Coach La Allen's been known in the coaching world for a while. And they had a football camp. Lots of kids out. It was a Friday night. Lots of rain. <laughs> we were talking about that before. I, remember, I did not plan to be on rain on that day. But talk to us about what was that experience like, just being around all those kids. And were there any things that you told those kids, pieces of advice to kind of help keep them motivated to play football? Man, no lie. That was the best camp I ever been to because kids still came out because of rain. We was grinding in the rain. And I told the kids just simple. Like I told you earlier, hone in on your craft and get better. Even if you take something small, Something small goes a long way. Take that thing right there and just hone in on it every day. Because like I told the guy in Baton Rouge, nobody never did nothing like that for us. And it was just a blessing to give back to those guys. And it was exciting just to see all those young fellas want to get great. As I was listening to you, I was thinking about the rain and uh, showing up, right? It's about being successful in life is about showing up. And so that's one thing as competitive athletes, you show up, rain or shine, you're there, you come to play. And so at the beginning of it, there was, well, is the camp going to go? Because it was raining, there was lightning, so you can't play if there's lightning, obviously. But that cleared up, but people were there ready to show up and played in the rain and it cleared up, but we're there to handle your business. And just like you said, that's in the corporate world as well. Like all those young fellas, the way you take football, that series, rain, sleet or snow, whatever like that, that's just how you got to take school. Absolutely. You got to approach it with the same mentality. You show up no matter what and whether you're feeling it or not, you got to just do what you got to do. So something else that I know is important to you is, and you did it as part of your My Cause, My Cleats campaign before was Down syndrome. I know your wife has a family member with Down syndrome. So talk to us about why did you decide to make that a cause that was important to you? I decided to make that cause because it was important to her, so it was important to me. And actually, we did in, out in L.A. when I was in L.A. It was Club 21. It was real cool, man. They had all the kids and stuff at the program showing what they painted, what they do for fun. It's real cool. And she really loves to work with Down syndrome people. And I fell in love with it as well. So it's a real, real good call. Well, that's awesome. And I'm glad that you chose that as your cause. I mean, obviously, it's something your wife is passionate 
about definitely an area where it needs more people to show their support. So I appreciate you doing that. And something else that we talked about a little bit earlier that's important to you is food reviews. And I know you've been posting, you're a TikToker as well. So talk to us about, share with us some of the things that you've been doing, posting food reviews, and tell us about a couple of places that you've recently visited. I'm TJ at TJ. Be eating on TikTok and I build a nice TikTok following. And basically what I do, I just go to the popular spots or some spots that's not popular that people don't know about. I might ride down the street and see some, oh, that looks good. So I'm going to give a review. I'm real passionate about it because I like guys like Guy Ferrari and stuff like that. But recently I just went to some place called Truck Farm Tavern on the outskirts of New Orleans in St. Rose, Louisiana. Shout out to D. Joe. You know, he hooked me up with the owner, Chad. And I went back there with the chef. We had a nice spread of food. The video is coming soon. I'm doing some real good stuff. And y'all follow me at TJBE on TikTok. And we'll have that in the show notes. And what I think is great too is we know that, especially for smaller businesses too, the promotion, the word of mouth, the visibility is helpful for them and their businesses. So what you're doing there helps to move the ball and make an impact for other businesses that people might not necessarily know about otherwise. Right. Because they have, like you said, these smaller businesses have some good food out here, better than chains and popular places. So I like looking at the dives, so to say, going to get some great food. There. Well, I think that's great. So everybody go check out your TikTok channel. We'll have that in the show notes and uh, look forward to seeing all the great food reviews that you post out there. So what I want to do now to end the show is I want to go through my two-minute drill. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. First question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Football player. Okay. How about who would play you in a movie about your life? My little brother. Nice. How about what is your favorite vacation spot? Antigua, because we just lived it. Nice. How about what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Pistachio. Oh, I've not had someone say that. Usually people say plain vanilla, and I'm like, really? Nice. Pistachios. I like that flavor and I like to eat pistachio nuts too. How about what is a pet peeve of yours? Having breadcrumbs on the counter. Big pet peeve. Mm, Nice. Okay. I can see that. Next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I'm listening to the I Am Athlete podcast on YouTube. So I listen to that a lot. That's a great podcast. I know a lot of guys listen to that show. They do a phenomenal job just hitting a lot of important topics. And so it's a great show for sure. Yes, ma'am. The last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I know this is going to be a tough one. Three famous people. I would invite Bobby Flay because that's one of my favorite chefs on Food Network. I would invite Rick Ross, because I love what he's doing, with everything he's doing. And one more, I invite NBA Youngboy, because it's my homeboy right there. Like his music. There you go. Sounds like a great dinner party. So before we close the show, got a couple other questions I'm going to ask you. One is, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? The best piece of advice I've been given by a coach, don't let no man write your destiny for you. You have the pen, you write it. That's the best advice. Ooh, I like that. I like that very much. So, because it makes me think about my journey in football. And a lot of my listeners know I didn't come from the world of football and having to build that. And there were a lot of naysayers along the way and people that told me you're wasting your time. Nobody cares what you have to say in football. Go focus elsewhere. So if I listened, I would have had a very different path. And so I really like that's a great piece of advice. So I'm going to flip it now, though, and ask you, what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Man, the best piece of advice I'll give someone is keep God first 
just like they said, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Like the word can't shouldn't be in your vocabulary. Just stay on it. Like corporate world, sports, watching your kids, man. Just stay on it and stay on top of everything and grind. Everything is a grind. You wake up, you grind every day. Something's going to come out good. Because a piece of advice Will Smith said, he was like, you mess around and have enough good days, you're going to mess around and have a good life. Oh, I like, you've got lots of great nuggets that you're sharing. Love it. So the last question to end the show I want to ask you is where, I know we talked about your TikTok already, but where else are you on social media and where can people follow you? I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at TJ underscore the letter B, chilling, C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G for both. And I'm on Facebook, Tanzel Smart. Perfect. And we will put those in the show notes as well so people can follow you on those social channels. And Tanzel, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed our chat. I thank you, ma'am. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.